Well, welcome back to the Building Peace Initiative at youwantapeaceofmeonline.com. This is John Van Bladel. In today's podcast, we'll be focusing on compassion. But first, a word from our sponsors. That would be me. Until I decide to write a letter to Bill Gates for a grant so I can continue my quest for world domination full-time as a voice in the wilderness. Now, that's a joke. My idea of domination is a just and equitable society that has no structural violence. It would operate as a democracy, and as we know, that's always a challenge. Um, I doubt a world without violence will come in my lifetime, but at least I can try and contribute to it and move it in that direction. Rolling that boulder up the hill, per se, one day it won't roll back down. You know, another thought just came to mind. Uh, People who work for peace seem to get maligned and or assassinated. Um, Gandhi and Martin Luther King Jr. are just two that come to mind. What is it about about the topic of peace that frightens people so much? You know, I have a few ideas, and maybe we'll address that in a later podcast. Now, back to that message that I talked about from the sponsor, me. We can become a more just, equitable, and peaceful world. We just need to become educated about the practice of peace and become organized. It's been said that peace advocates have to become as organized and determined as people who create war. And I do believe that's true. And in fact, Gandhi even suggested that peace activists needed to be trained in boot camps to develop the skills and commitment necessary to be effective practitioners of peace. Do you imagine that? Signing up for, hey, mom, dad, I'm going off to boot camp to practice peace. So it's time we clearly elucidate what peace is and assert ourselves. As Martin Luther King Jr. said, the choice is not between violence and nonviolence, but between nonviolence and non existence. So make no apologies for your position and communicate it with knowledge and conviction. So today I'll be inviting the bell of mindfulness occasionally again to slow me down a bit and let what I have said sink in. So when you hear it, just take three normal breaths in and out, and we'll continue. So I'll invite the bell now. So moving on and on to today's topic, um, we spent quite a bit of time talking about empathy. I hope you've been practicing it a bit and have had some positive results. Uh, feel free to share your thoughts about your experience on our website. Just talking about it made me more aware of it and led me to practice it more. And just keep practicing and you'll see positive change. And remember, get a partner. I found one who's really good with empathy and she's inspiring. Uh, Now we are ready to move into compassion. Now, if you have not seen the video, This is Water by David Foster Wallace, I suggest you take a look at it. It's a 9 minute and 30 second one that starts with goldfish on the screen. That's very powerful. It's on YouTube and I'll post the site on the Building Peace Initiative website. Now, this video really helps us to understand what we are often unaware of is the environment we're living in and how it just seems normal. Uh, For instance, do we really live in an environment that supports compassion? Is our environment filled with selflessness and altruism? Um, There's quite a bit of it out there. We're just not exposed to it or tuned into it as often as some of the non-altruistic sides of human behavior. 
It may appear that fear, greed, hatred, egocentrism, and selfishness hold greater sway in our world, but really, the world we live in is a combination of many things, and dualistic perspectives, all-or-nothing thinking, uh, don't really help us to understand it, or ourselves for that matter. We are not this or that. We're not all one thing or all another. We're a mix of altruism and selfishness along a spectrum, depending on the particular circumstance. But if we can take the time to stop for a moment, reflect, and become aware of both the external world we live in and our ex internal world, especially how our internal world is affected by our environment, we give ourselves a better chance of coming into contact with our compassionate nature, or in some cases, a uh, lack of it. Um, and I've said before, I have selective empathy. I also have selective compassion. Frankly, I feel more compassionate towards some than others. Um, it's a flaw. It's something I'd like to work out. And I have many opportunities during the day to work on it. Now, trying to take a look at who we are, particularly when it comes into the world of judgment, can be daunting, as many of us judge ourselves harshly. But when we're aware of our judgments, it's really an opportunity uh, to listen to what our minds and our bodies are telling us, and just become aware of it so we give ourselves an opportunity to change. Now, as I've said before, meditation, focused on calming, concentration, awareness, and insight, is the foundation of mindfulness, and that's a great way to start. Uh, when we're fearful or otherwise distressed, our bodies and minds enter into fight-flight, and with our sympathetic nervous system activated, we have a lot of trouble seeing clearly. In a very fast-paced, competitive world where we just have too much to do and too much information coming in, often of a distressing nature, it's very hard to calm our minds and bodies so that we can see clearly. Um, we become sleep-deprived, irritable in both our minds and bodies, and we suffer for it. And under these conditions, we have trouble having compassion for ourselves, let alone for others. We're in survival mode, and survival mode is not necessarily a good place to be if you're trying to cultivate compassion. So what is compassion? Simply put, it's the awareness of the suffering of others and a desire to relieve it. Pretty simple. So we want to develop some awareness of ourselves and to regard, in regards to what our needs are, how we can express those needs in a way that will be heard, and also accepting what other people have to offer us once we've expressed our needs. Now, in nonviolent communication, remember Marshall Rosenberg, we can often give from the heart, but we also need to receive that which is given to us from the hearts of others. Now just take a moment and consider that one. Many of us are much better at taking care of others than ourselves, so we must cultivate self-compassion and also develop an assertive component that includes identifying our needs, as I mentioned earlier, uh, so that we can communicate them to others. Now, this is especially important for those who work with people who are suffering in what are called helping professions like social work, nursing, uh, where people experience something called vicarious trauma traumatization. Now, I'm not going to use the word burnout. I just don't like the word. Um, and when people are working under these difficult conditions, they can start to suffer to the point where they develop physical and mental health problems. So that self-compassion piece is very important 
if we're going to stay solid. So what we're doing is a combination of calming our minds and our bodies, becoming aware of our thought patterns, in some cases habitual thought patterns, and this is a form of cognitive restructuring that a lot of you have heard about, you know, cognitive behavioral therapy. We stop, choose what we want to pay attention to, evaluate our percep perceptions. Are they accurate? What would be a more reality-based perception? After all, sometimes our perceptions are not accurate and that affects us deeply. Sometimes a little shift in thinking can help. Um, you've all met people, you asked them how their day was, or how's their day going? They say, oh, same crap, different day. You know, when you do that, you really set yourself up to pay attention only to the crap that happens during the day rather than some of the more positive experiences you may have. I often ask people who are very self-critical how they would treat another person who came to them with the same problem. And usually the answer is with much greater compassion than they apply to themselves. And by the way, I'm included in that group. Uh, when we are very demanding of ourselves in a harsh and judgmental way, that prevents us from making progress. We stay stuck. Uh, another consideration is it's very difficult to extend compassion to others if you cannot extend it to itself. To yourself. Now, you may agree or disagree with that one, um, but it's ah, compassion is a bi directional uh, experience. Uh, I don't think it really goes one way if you're not accepting it from another person. I don't know if you're having the full experience of it. And it's important because it's difficult to extend compassion to other people if we're in pain. Now, I always think of the words be the change you want to see in the world, which is commonly stated. It's rooted in Satyagraha, or soul force from Gandhi. It's a commitment to truth, love, and compassion. Um, how many people really understand that when they see those words, or they state those words? You have to commit this sense of truth, love, and compassion to yourself also. And remember, you don't have to be a Gandhi, Christ, Buddha, Martin Luther King Jr., or any of the other larger-than-life figures. You just have to be you, with all your imperfections. And I've said before, I'm imperfect. My goal is to have my actions congruent with my words. It's a lifetime journey. Now, here's one thing you consider. I've mentioned in other podcasts. Um, try practicing meta-meditation, or universal loving-kindness. And, again... You have some sites I've already posted on um, the website, but I'll post a couple more. And here's how it works. You just find yourself in a comfortable place, or make yourselves comfortable, start to follow your breathing, and you're extending love and compassion for yourself. Okay, first, which I know is going to be challenging for some. Then what you do is you extend it outward to those who you love. And you can start with one person and extend it to others. Next, you extend love and compassion for someone you feel neutral about. Maybe people you came into contact with during your daily activities. Then you extend love and compassion for someone you really do not like or find difficult to deal with. Now this may take some time to get used to, as it's a change in our usual way of thinking. 
I remember encountering, encountering this approach for the first time, and I was thinking, hey, well, what if that person hasn't suffered enough? Um, I don't want to extend compassion towards them. Um, another consideration here is not to pick someone who has harmed you the most deeply. Just pick someone who you do not like to have to contend with, because if you pick someone who's done terrible things to you, this isn't going to work out. Um, <clears throat> and finally, you extend loving kindness to all living beings, including the animals, plants, and resources that make up our world, wishing all beings will be at peace. Now, the effect of doing this repeatedly, and you just can't do it once because you have to reset the cognitions that you're having every day, um, and that takes practice, uh, is really difficult to explain, you got to experience it. And when one combines calming practices like meditation, it allows time to stop, as I've said before, consider our possible misperceptions, and choose alternate cognitions leading to a more compassionate response for yourself and others. Now remember, whatever your chronological age, your mind has spent that many years thinking it in a particular fashion, and you're used to it. It's stimulus response. A stimulus occurs, all the neurons start to fire in their usual way, and it's going to take some time and practice to change your habitual patterns. Practice regularly. Your neurons need to be retrained. If you are thinking habitually, people suck. It will take some time to replace it with, and this is a, from Thich Nhat Hanh, waking up this morning I smile. 24 brand new hours are before me. I vow to live fully in each moment and to view all beings through the eyes of compassion. Maybe a little hard to take at first, but sooner or later it can become part of your thinking. So in practicing compassion, we substitute understanding for judgment. We consider other alternatives, seek to be kind and understanding to ourselves, and again, always with empathy, putting ourselves in other people's shoes. Where can you practice? Well, hey, driving a car, right? It's a great opportunity to practice compassion. Rather than getting agitated when someone cuts you off, you can consider that they just might be in a rush and not have it become part of your internal dialogue that say people are really suck. So when your judgments come up, take time to pause and consider your perceptions. You may also reflect on times when maybe you were a bit inconsiderate or said or did the same thing to someone. We are not always at our best, and neither are the people around us. So that's it for today. We'll continue to talk more about compassion next time. In the meantime, remember that meta-meditation? Try to be aware of when you make judgments. When you do, without judging yourself, Take a moment to shift to listening with the express intent of understanding rather than judging, and you'll start to make progress. Now, till next time, let's make this self-compassion week and allow ourselves some peace of mind.